Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. God is so good. And uh, the last uh, few weeks we've been uh, talking about standing and serving. And today I just want to finish that message. And next week we're going to move on to a next series as we start to head toward Easter. That's hard to believe, isn't it? We're going to do Stand and Believe. So we'll do a series on what do we believe and believing in truth. But today I want to wrap up our message on serving. And hey, isn't it amazing to see the people of Australia serving one another through the floods? I mean, I've, I've cried sometimes with the grief but I've also cried with the generosity and the people that just come and, and clean and serve and rescue and, and but cook meals. And, and I just think, wow, what a great country it is to live in. And I heard, I remember after one of the other tragedies we had a few years ago, they said, if you're ever going to have a tragedy, have it in Australia because you're going to be cared for and looked after way better than most other <coughs> nations on earth. And... Uh, the principle of serving, and we've looked at how Jesus set an example to serve. He said, I did not come to serve, but to be served and to give my life as a ransom for many. And uh, we see that uh, royalty is my identity and servanthood is my assignment that we shared on last week. And uh, intimacy with God is my life source. Before God, I'm an intimate. Before people, I'm a servant. So the Lord calls us to serve, and we looked at some of the ways to serve. Number one was to serve with love. Serve out of love. Galatians 5.13, it's absolutely clear that God has called you to be up to a free life. Just make sure you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. So as you share what you've growing in in freedom guess what it multiplies you appreciate it other people receive it and the joy just continues right secondly we serve wholeheartedly if you're going to do it do it with all your heart be passionate be passionate let's do it with all of our heart and we looked at um, Caleb and uh, the different ones to be wholehearted not half-hearted or hard-hearted thirdly we serve with joy serve the Lord with gladness if you're going to do it, do it with a joyful heart, not out of obligation or duty or I have to, but no, let's, let's serve the Lord and one another with joy. And uh, fourthly, this is where we got up to last week, serve with your gifts. We've all been given gifts, natural gifts, spiritual gifts, gifts of experiences, good, bad and ugly. They are a treasure and a gift that we can share with others. And it says in 1 Peter 4.10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Not to write a book or get attention saying, look how good I am. Look how amazing I am. Look how gifted I am. No, we use our gifts to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do it as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. I've been chatting to some of our doctors and, and nurses, and so many have just served above and beyond for the last two years during the COVID, and many of them are tired, weary, um, doing double shifts. And I want to encourage you, pray regularly for our um, health professionals, our emergency prof professionals, our SES. They've just had so many things. And we do need to encourage them 
support them, pray for them, and uh, bless them in any way that we can. So it says to serve with our various gifts, our natural gifts, develop them, use them, keep growing as a person in your areas of service, don't become settled or bored, take on a new challenge and exercise faith. Because every time you step up to serve in a new way, you're a novice, you're a beginner, you're not going to do it perfectly. And you can play it safe and stay just within your gift and experience, but I think, hey, God's called us to grow, to challenge us, to not just settle. No matter what age we are, no matter how old we are spiritually, don't settle where you are. I believe God said it's time to step up. It's time to get more involved. It's time to reconnect in church. It's time to love and support one another. It's time to step up. COVID has had its journey. It's uh, waning across our community Atlanta, and it's time to step up and to serve, to get reconnected. Find a place to give our gifts and service again. Don't keep looking at the last two years. Let's step up and look for the future. Lift our eyes to what God has called us to be and do. Have a servant's heart and your gifts will flourish and they will grow and you will be a blessing. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service. So the gifts of the Spirit are there to serve one another. The fruit of the Spirit are there to bless other people. But the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. So whether you're a leader, an administrator, a cleaner, a carer, an organizer, a prayer, whatever our role, God sees them all as very, very valuable. It says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. All these are the work of the one and same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many members form one body, so it is with Christ. Look around at one another. How amazingly different we are. Not just the color of the hair or whether you've got any hair. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how amazingly different we are and, and creative. And some people love everything and organized it in order. And some people love it free and random. And uh, some people love traditional things and others love something new and fresh every day. Hey, God's put us as diversity together, personalities, experiences, and gifts for His purpose so that the body shines Him. And I thank God as we all join in. So if someone hides and says, well, I'm not good enough and I don't want to serve, someone else is going to miss out on an expression of God's nature that is meant to be revealed through our hearts and our lives. Serve the Lord with your natural and spiritual gifts. And uh, God gives us motivational gifts. You know, the Holy Spirit is, anoints us to serve, just not just to feel good. So I say, oh, I love the Holy Spirit when he shows up in a meeting or when I'm worshiping or praying or when I'm reading the Bible. I just feel so excited. Hey, that's awesome. But the Holy Spirit always comes to bless you so that you feel close to our Father God and then you are equipped. In Luke 4.18, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind to set the oppressed free. So there's always a because 
God allows us to go through things because then we can touch other people with compassion and comfort. Number two, to serve requires action. You can talk about serving for the next 10 years. You might be a gifted musician say, I'd love to serve on the team, but you never get up here and talk to Matt and Rachel and say, hey, I'd love to have a go. I'd love to be a team. To serve requires some action, not just thinking about it or talking about it. When all is said and done, a lot more is said than done. Some of you work in workplaces with people got all brilliant ideas, but they never do anything. They're so frustrating. Other people say, I'll be there, and they show up once every six months instead of every two weeks. Hey, but how awesome when someone says, I'm going to be around every week to see how you're going and to encourage you. And, And you show up. There's action. And God says, hey, come on. Don't just talk about it. Let's do it. And I thank God we've got a church of doers. Why? Because they've realized that the Spirit of God has touched our hearts and equips us. And uh, Pastor Tommy Barnett, I mentioned this last week, find a need and fill it, find a hurt and heal it. That's the way to serve God. Find a need, see a need and fill it if you're able to. Sometimes you can't fill it yourself, but isn't it powerful when you get a team together? That's why I love seeing when teams, you've got the SES and you've got the, the volunteers and, and you've got the police, they all work together and amazing things happen. And we saw three or four people um, rescuing older people that had mobility issues and they would put them into the, the boats. And I thought, well, if one person was trying to do it, probably disaster would happen, not rescue. And I think in church life, we're a family, we're together. And sometimes we think, well, I'm not sure if I could do it, but if you did it as a part of a team, you would. Remember, the paralyzed man, four of his friends carried the stretcher to Jesus and he got healed and forgiven. If only one of them would have done it, it would have been hard work and he probably would have given up. If there's only three, he would have slid off the stretcher. Everyone's important, whether you're at the front or the back of the stretcher. We are all important in sharing the good news. For some of you right now, you can't go to Ukraine or Poland, but you can send money in prayer. And so we're carrying the stretcher. We're helping. We can't all go to Brisbane and help clean up physically. Some people might be able to, but we can encourage and support. People we know down there, you can say, hey, how you doing? I heard your church is out there reaching out to the needy. Can we, can we help? And so we're all carrying the stretcher. I want to say, serving God is great joy because we do it as a team not just as individuals. And I just thank God for the power of team as we do it. Find your best area of service. God has given each of his gifts for us to use to serve others, not just to be used for ourselves or to be buried and hidden due to fear or discouragement. Remember reading the parable about the person who had, gave them talents, five, two and one. The one with the five got out and used their gift multiplied it and doubled it. The one with two went and used their gift, invested it and doubled it. The one with the one, do you know what Jesus said? You were a wicked servant. Hold on. He had a gift, but he buried it, didn't use it, didn't share it, and Jesus said, you're a wicked servant. I think that's tough. But Jesus is trying to teach us the truth Don't hide what I've given you. Even if you've gone through painful experiences 
have you, as you've grown through that, that is a gift you can share and encourage other people. God has given some, many gifts, five talent people. Hey, if God's given you, what's he say? For those, much is given, much is required. So if you're gifted, that's awesome. But guess what? You've now got a responsibility. As a pastor and leader, and Marilyn and I, we, we influence a lot of people. It's a privilege and it's a responsibility. In leadership, many people look to you. And I call that the healthy pressure of leadership to keep your heart and your focus and your attitudes right. And some people hide from that, say, oh, I'm too scared in case I make a mistake. Wow, life's too short to live with that attitude. It's way too short. Let's get up and have a go. Let's work together. Let's be trained and equipped and help one another discover and use your gifts. What are you passionate about? Some say, I'm not sure where to serve. I can tell you, the thing you get frustrated with other people that don't do. So if you're an organizer, you can't handle it when people don't organize things. Guess what? That's one of your gifts. Get involved and help organize. If you're a carer, compassionate, mercy person, you can't believe people walk past that person or that family that was in need. They didn't see it, but you did. That's your area of gift, of service. Think, why doesn't someone teach the new Christians properly how to grow in faith? Well, that's because God's calling you to be a part of the process. It's the things you get frustrated with and the things that inspire and give you a sense of fulfillment is the areas that God's calling you to be and do. And many of you know that, but sometimes we just need a reminder to get in and let it flow. Romans 12.3 says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Wow, that's a bit of a challenge to the me-thinking-focused me society, isn't it? We belong to one another. That's what God's Word says. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Charisma, charismatic gifts, the word charisma is grace. So they're grace gifts given to flow through your life. So if, you, if God's blessed you with a gift, when you pray for the sick, many get healed. Guess what? That's a grace gift to help people come into healing. Don't say, hey, I'm, I'm more spiritual than the one over there that only hardly sees any get healed. No, just flow with your grace gift. Some people uh, just flow with hospitality or kindness or grace or organization or visioning or prophetic insight. They are all gifts God's given you. Let's let them flourish and you'll be amazed what God will do. Some people are gifted with the capacity to make lots of money. Some of us are made with the gift of losing money. Some of us waste money. But some people make money. It's a gift of God for some people. No matter what they do, it just turns to increase. If God's given you that, that's so you can bless your family and bless the kingdom of God and help the poor and needy. It's awesome. The gifts that God gives us for his kingdom and his glory. So each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as part of his body. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, 
especially prophecy. So as you get trained, you grow in confidence. Some areas of service appear more spiritual and some more practical, but they are all important in the body of Christ. <coughs> all very important. Do you know giving is a, is a service? 2 Corinthians 9.10 says, This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people and is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. So giving, finances, food, time, caring, it is an act of service. That's what God calls up. John 15.13 says, Greater love is no one than this than to lay down his, one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know the master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and, and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you will ask in my name, the father will give you. Isn't it awesome when you see fruit? Isn't it good when you see much fruit? And how awesome is it when you see lasting fruit? And we see that in the generations today of the family as we sow. We see lasting fruit for his kingdom. A servant often sees and anticipates the desire and needs of the master. Servants, God gives you eyes to see. You anticipate what's coming. Leaders and pastors... Shepherds, you see with eyes of faith. I love Joshua. 24, 14, it says, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems desirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond, beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Hey, we need a lot more men to stand up and say, our household's going to serve God. We need parents that are going to stand up and say, our household's going to serve God. We're not going to bow down to the idols of this depraved world's thinking. We are going to stand up and serve the Lord. We're going to honour His word and His ways for marriage and family and for grace and compassion and truth. We need to stand up like Joshua. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Do you know there's rewards for service? I love God. He says, hey, serve me, but I'm going to bless you in the process. Isn't it awesome when you get fulfillment in, in serving? When you've served in church or you've served someone in need and you've prayed for them or ministered to them, how awesome when you see the change happen. You think, wow, what a joy this is. The rewards of serving one another. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing God and receives human approval. So you get approval and th acceptance by people, but the most important thing is you get it from God. And that's what happens when we serve. You say, well, no one notices. God always does. Some of you end up serving for years in a family or a workplace, think, oh, I'm always overlooked. No one notices. Guess what? God never turns a blind eye to someone who serves. There's always a reward. I remember one couple of years ago, 
in the church when we're in Nambour. They, start, they helped start a Christian school. And back then, they, they sort of accepted a half salary rate for years because the school was just starting and they couldn't afford um, to do all that. And uh, years later, about 10 years later, they sold their house and they got an exceptionally high price for their house. And one day the Lord says, work out how much profit you made that you didn't expect. And they added it all up and it was within a few dollars of the 10 years of salary they sacrificed for the, for to set up the Christian school. 10 years later, God rewarded them and he said, hey, I watch and see everything that everyone does. And I've never forgotten that story. It's like, hey, you serve God and sometimes there's sacrifice with it. But if you honor him, he'll reward you in this life and in eternity. And you don't look for the reward, but when it comes, it's a great blessing and it's a testimony to the grace of God. And Mary and I have seen that in our lives. There's times where we've just sowed in and sowed in and sowed in and God's grace comes. And then he rewards us sometimes years or decades later. And some of it we'll see when we get to heaven. I want to encourage you, don't be distracted. There is great reward. In heaven, God will open reward people who have served quietly or in the background and others that uh, they haven't been acknowledged in this earth. Serving your family, a child with a disability, an elderly relative, teaching in kids' church, faith with visiting lonely and neglected people, using whatever you gift, God honors everyone. 1 Timothy 3.13 says, Those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. Matthew 25.21 says, The master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come share your master's happiness. Wow. Jesus teaches it all through the scriptures. It's like if you have batteries in a torch and you, you, it sort of gets stuck in the back cupboard and you don't use it for two or three years. The lightning strikes, the power's out, you go to turn the torch on, guess what happens? Nothing, because the batteries have corroded from lack of use. And you have to throw them out. And suddenly you have to throw the whole torch out because it's wrecked the torch. Hey, don't ever have corrosion in your life through lack of use of your gifts. Let's, let's turn the light on. Let's just keep on serving in whatever and way God calls. There are seasons, there are times and changes, but let's serve with our gifts. John 12, 26 says, If any of you wants to serve me, then follow me. Then you'll be where I am, ready to serve at a moment's notice. The Father will honor and reward anyone who serves me. Freely you'll have received, freely give. Sometimes you are called to serve upward to those in authority. Other times you are called to serve downward to those in need. Either way, you are serving God only when you are willing to do what is required. So serve upward to a boss or a leader or a pastor. You serve downward to people who are in, in need, but we serve one another as God requires. How, how's this? Elisha served Elijah for, for at least 10 years. Joshua served Moses for 40 years. That's a long apprenticeship. 40 years. Wow. Jonathan served David for many years, even when it was very dangerous to do so. Wow. The Apostle Paul lists many people who served the Lord in the various churches he had established. He wanted to thank and honor them. You look at some of his letters. The last chapter, there's about 20 or 30 people he personally thanks for serving God. 
for being a faithful elder, for, for being a deacon, for someone who supported them and met their needs. I thought, wow, the Apostle Paul wrote and listed all their names. And some of those chapters, if you have a look, more than half of them are women. Wow. That's interesting. In Christ there is neither male nor female. We serve together. Let our hearts just honour one another for the kingdom of God and neither Jew nor Greek. In other words, nationalities doesn't determine whether you get greater reward or not. We're all created in the family of God to live under his blessing. So serve your family, your brothers and sisters, your team members. Serve those who are in need, in brokenness. Newer Christians, reaching out, blessing. Serve with humility, not speaking down in self-righteous or superiority. We are all saved by grace. Just to wrap it up today, I want to just list a couple of quick things. I remember hearing um, a pastor, Tom Marshall, and Neil, you'd know Tom Marshall, and he wrote a great book. And I remember reading this years ago, and I want to just quickly show, the servant leader is what God wants. So if you're a leader, you're a boss at work, you're a leader in your family, you're a leader in a church group, connect group, or whatever, here's a couple of quick things to help you to serve with right attitudes. Number one, the servant leader's main aim is always the best interests of those they lead. It's not just about getting your goals met. This means that the leaders have to really know and understand their people so that they may know what the people's best interests are. It means that when the people's interest, best interests are known, they have priority over the leader's best interests. That is what it means to lay down your life for the sheep. Number two, the servant leader's greatest satisfaction lies in the growth and development of those they lead. You get so excited to see your parents, to see your kids grow. If you're a leader, you get excited to see people that are following and growing up and to mature and step out and, and lead themselves. Sometimes the personal growth and maturity of people is hindered because leaders hold back or keep to themselves the insights and principles to be successful leadership and ministry as those, they think they're trade secrets that guarantee their leader's position. I remember when I was a young pastor, we had this amazing uh, man of God come through from another nationality and he had incredible words of knowledge and he would just point, point to someone in the crowd and they would just get instantly healed. I saw it happen over and over. So afterwards, we had lunch with him. I said, hey, I'm growing and I see occasional people here. Tell me how the Holy Spirit leads you. And he looked at me and says, no, I won't. That's my secret with God. And I was shocked. I honestly, I thought he was joking. So I asked him again, but he wasn't. He honestly thought that was his special gift from God and he wasn't going to pass it on. And I've never forgotten it. I, we had some great meetings, but I never asked him back. <laughs> I, thought, I want someone who's going to teach and release what God's given and multiply it. He was a godly man, but for some reason, he just thought that was going to diminish his ministry if he gave it away. And I had other evangelists and pastors come. We'd sit down and we'd talk about it for hours how God had taught them how to hear the voice of the Spirit and how to recognize the faith level in people and to in compassion release and see lives touched. And I, mate, they're the ones I kept inviting back to our church. Because I thought, these guys are sharing. And I don't judge the other man. For whatever reason, he just felt that was the way to work. But I just could not understand it because it just didn't seem to match up with what God says. Hey, share what you have and it will multiply and increase. 
And other people will get it. And when you share what you have, God will release you and trust you with more. Like Peter, that scripture said, if you hold on, you decrease. But when you share it and multiply it, God will add more and trust you with more finances or anointing or breakthrough. And let's be a church that is generous to give and share and multiply the what gifts that God's given us. Let's release it with kindness and care across our city, in our businesses. Let's bless others and raise them up and see them go past us. And that's our heart to see people rise up and even be more effective than we are. And boy, that's a great joy. That's a servant leader's heart. That's how we multiply for the kingdom of God. There's a willing acceptance of obligation and responsibilities. Leaders do not generally like to be obligated to do things. They like to be free to decide. They put other people under obligation. This is what it make, makes it hard to lead leaders. You ever been a boss and you've got three or four leaders under you and they're hard work. It's like herding cats sometimes. Because they just want to do their own thing. And so to lead leaders, you need grace and wisdom to encourage, support and adjust and grow them. They They are strong in commitment, but generally they're thinking about other people being committed to them or to their vision and goals. Servants have no problem with obligation and duty. Number four, the servant leader has a desire for accountability. There's a difference between accepting the principle of accountability and seeking it. Servants like to be accountable. They, they are used to being answerable for their performance because they want to know whether they have satisfactorily met the requirements of those they serve. It's not the nature, the natural inclination of leaders to want to be accountable. Their tendency is more in the direction of independence and freedom of action. So let's be servant leaders in, in any area of life. Number five, the servant leader has love for those he leads. Care is love, not the emotion of the emotions only, but of the will. It's expressed in action, has regard for people's needs and their best interests. It's in this way that the biblical image of the leader as a shepherd merges into the image of the leader as a father or mother. As a father or mother, it's the supreme source of caring love that is shown by knowing needs before they asked, that gives the child what is good for them and rewards intention rather than results. Wow. That's awesome. Thank God he rewards intention, not just results. Because sometimes we fall short. We all fall short. We have good intentions, but we don't get there first time. But God says, hey, I can see your heart. You really want to keep growing. We're going to work together. Thank God that's how he treats us. The servant leader is willing to listen. Servants listen because they have to find out what it is they have to do. Leaders often don't listen well. They speak and others listen. The servant leader is always listening because he wants to know what he ought to do. He's listening to God and also to people because sometimes God speaks through others. They are open to advice and even correction so that they can grow and serve better. Two more and we'll wrap it up. Servant leaders have genuine humility of heart. And because of that, they have a realistic and sound understanding of their capabilities and their deficiencies. The things they can do well and the things they can't. That's why I say life begins at 40 because I think around about 40 you start to get honest about being comfortable in your own skin and realising who you are, what you can be and probably what you're not designed to be and can't. And I've heard Christians say, well, I can do all things through Christ. Yeah, I'm not going to go and fly a plane if I've never learned how to fly a plane. And you'll be glad I'm not the pilot if you jump on board and I haven't learned how to fly. You can do all things through Christ that he's called you and equipped you to do not things that sometimes are totally outside of your calling or gift mix. Let's walk 
by the Spirit. And lastly, the servant leader is willing to share power with others so that they are empowered. In other words, it's not just all about you. If you're a good prayer, release that and, and train others how to pray. Just let's multiply through our mentoring, through our caring. That's why it's so important to belong into connect groups and ministry groups and teams because that's where we grow and flourish. Thanks, uh, worship team, as you come. And uh, they become freer, more autonomous and more capable as they train and empower others. Have you met leaders who insist on doing everything themselves because they can't trust anyone else to do it right or they are fearful that someone else might do it better? That's scary being around those leaders. I hope you're not one. If you are, you better change from this day on because God shows us a better way to do it. <laughs> oh, God, help us to be servant leaders. Train, trust, and release others to serve and to lead. Jesus is our greatest example of being a servant leader and we're endeavoring to follow his amazing example. Be copyable. I don't even know if that's a proper word, but it is today. Be copyable so that others can follow you as they follow Christ. Keep leadership and the Christian life as simple and as clear as possible. Don't make it too complicated because that's what religion and laws do. God not only wants us to do kind deeds, he wants us to become kind-hearted. 1 Peter 2.16 says, Exercise your freedom by serving God and not by breaking the rules. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Love your spiritual family. Revere God. Respect the government. And has the government done it all right over the last two years with COVID? No, they haven't. They've tried hard. And there's been agendas at times which I just shake my head at. But the Bible says you must respect and honour the authorities for who God has placed them there. And yes, you can speak up, you can talk about injustice, but we need to make sure we don't get into an independent spirit against authority. We need to honour God and work together and, yes, address issues. But I believe God wants us to make sure we walk and pray blessing on those in leadership. If you've got a boss that's difficult, pray blessing on them. Together we will see His kingdom. Deuteronomy 10, 12 says, To serve the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind and your entire being. Let's stand in His presence today. I've done some teaching today and trust that there's some things that have landed in your heart or mind so that we can grow as servant leaders and maybe you've been one that's in a transition time where you're just new in our church and you haven't really connected in with a group or an area of service I want to encourage you, hey find a place to fit in and serve don't just drift in and out of church life, let's be vitally connected and there's something beautiful. And I thank God for all those, the hundreds of people who serve and are widely connected, but there's many more God's calling to join us, to serve, to love, to give, to find a place, a team, using your gifts, loving and caring for one another. There's great reward. And this church has influence, but God wants to give it more influence as we serve Him and serve one another. It's time for us to step up. Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. We learn how to serve one another in the safety of our church, in our groups, and then we can serve our community.
with confidence, with joy and freedom. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.